Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me today. How's your day going? Hope you've been enjoying a good weekend and hope your day is going well. We have hit the midpoint of this year. It's hard to believe half the year is already over with. Uh, we still have another half to go in 2023. So let's be sure that we are living it for Jesus. Let's look back and see how the first half of the year has gone and see how we've been living for Jesus. Have we been sharing our testimony with others? Have we been telling people of the goodness of God and what he's been doing in our lives? And if so, keep doing it. More people need to hear. And if not, well, I just want to encourage you, start now and let the rest of this year be a year that you are sharing Jesus with others and you're sharing your testimony. And speaking of testimonies, Today, I'm really excited about today's edition of Sunday Morning with Love and Action because you're going to hear a testimony this morning, and it's a powerful testimony. You're going to hear how God transformed a man's life in such a powerful way. The testimony you're going to hear is from my good brother, Amos Works, who Martha and I met over eight years ago. And it's amazing what God has done, transforming his life from a life of homelessness, drug addiction, prison, to a life living for Jesus, forgiven, saved, sharing his testimony with others, leading people to Jesus, and making disciples. We recorded this testimony a little while back, and we're going to share it today. And before we get into it, though, I just want to let you know, too, about Amos. Like I said, he's been with us for over eight years now. And it was time to spread his wings and fly. And his family was wanting him back where he moved here from. And that was from St. Petersburg, Florida. So he just recently moved back to St. Pete. And he immediately found a place to plug into to serve. He told me that was going to be his first thing that he did when he got back was to find a place to serve because he just loves serving Jesus. And he knows how important that is in his walk with Jesus. So as we share this testimony, as Amos shares his testimony this morning, just let God minister to you. Whatever you have gone through, whatever you are going through, let this be an encouragement that God still loves you and he wants to save you. He wants to do an awesome work in your life just like he did for Amos. So here's that interview with our brother, Amos Works. We've asked Amos to come in here with us today. We've seen God just do so much in this man's life, and we just thought it would be encouraging the folks to hear Amos talk about his testimony. Amos, how long we've known each other now? About eight years. About eight years, man. It's eight been that already. Wow. And so, in eight years, man, we've seen we've just seen God do so much. And and Amos is a volunteer constantly. We got the tissues out for Amos and for Martha. Because, man, when he starts talking about what God's done in his life, we can't help but to tear up. But, you know, um, Amos is here volunteering uh, throughout the week. And, man, he does a lot from talking to people about Jesus and helping to meet needs down in Sweet Six. to Cutting their hair. Yeah, to cutting their hair. You know, he's a barber here at Love and Action and, <laughs> and uh, has his clippers here to cut hair. And, uh, man, he just uh, he is involved in our discipleship. Uh, school of discipleship as well, uh, teaching others as well. So, uh, you know, we're just we're just so thankful for Amos of what God's done in his life. And uh, Amos, we just want you to share your testimony, man, and and just tell people 
uh, what God's done in your life. And uh, for folks who, who don't know you, even though I know you're famous, Amos, but uh, for folks who don't know you, man, where were you at? What was life like before you came to Jesus Christ? I was born and raised in St. Petersburg, Florida. And I can I compare my life to that of a train. You know, it can be on the track to a destination. Then all of a sudden, some will come along and cause it to derail. And that's what my life was like. I mean, before I met Christ, I mean, I knew of him. You know, my brother tried to teach me at a young age, but I wasn't on that. You know, he was in an environment where he can learn about Jesus and understand what he did. I wasn't in that type of environment. And so, I mean, as I got older, I was a straight-A student, Dean's List. All I did went to school, come home, watch TV. But one day, you know, my mom came home and told me to get out, go outside and play. And I think that was where my turning point came. Because when I got outside and got a taste of the world, wow, I didn't want what was in the house no more. I say my problems started coming in school. I was on the football team, to be honest with you. I was a running back. Okay. <laughs> People wouldn't, wouldn't believe that. <laughs> but I was like the third fastest guy on the team. And then I was weighing around like 205, 215. And for some reason, I ended up with every combination in the schoolhouse, from the boys' locker room to the safe in the dean's office. He was even babbled about how I got his combination. And this was my come up each and every day in school. And one day, this guy approached me. Young guy, you know, you wouldn't think nothing of it. And he betted me like $200. I couldn't own my locker, so I took the bet. Not knowing that it was Satan in disguise, I won the bet, but I also won me a pair of silver bracelets. Mm. And they took me off to jail. They expelled me from school for every combination that I had in my possession. I had over 1,500 combinations in my possession. I mean, you can just walk by a locker and point at it, and I'll go open it. That's how good my memories was. And I went to the halfway house. I did six months in the halfway house, got out, started hanging with my friends. I never was a drinker. Started smoking weed. And then as I got older, crack cocaine came into the picture. The things that you would do for that. I mean, I don't put my life in jeopardy. I don't went in, I don't broke in fumigated houses to where I wasn't even supposed to make it out alive. I don't slept in abandoned buildings. I don't stole from people. I done did so many things in my life that wasn't pleasing to me. I used to walk five miles every night just to eat out of two trash cans. When I couldn't get to a shower or bathtub, I would be in an abandoned house somewhere and be dripping water where I would put a bucket under there and let it fill up, or either I would use the water out the commode. I mean, I did this for a while. And I started, I've been, I ended up going to prison. I've been to prison least by seven, eight times. And when I was in prison, you know, I used to go to church. I used to listen. I always loved to go to church. I always loved to listen to the word. But my thing didn't start turning around for me till I got to Dothan, Alabama. And when I got to Dothan, when I met Bill Ken, 
and it all started over power work shoes. I remember that. You were working at <laughs> yeah. McDonald's, weren't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. I was working at McDonald's, and you asked me, you said, well, how about we have a Bible study tomorrow night? Would you come? And I was sitting there wondering, how can I tell this man no? And he just bought me a power work shoes. So I accepted the invitation, and I came. And I enjoyed it, and I started coming to Bible study. I started coming to Bible study. And then one night you showed some pictures in Bible study. And I remember after the Bible study, I remember walking up to you, asking you, could I volunteer? And you like, sure, come on. And I came, and whoa, I've been here ever since. <laughs> <laughs> um, not to say that, you know, even though I was coming to Love and Nisha, that's not to say that my life had turned around because I was still in the world. I was still trying to find myself. But one thing my grandmother always told me, she said, I always pray for the God place positive peoples in your path because they's going to be the one that help you. And that's what I do. And when you came into my life, it was like when you told me that, you told Dan, well, we can reach him. You know, I, I knew then that you had to have seen something in me. And I guess I have to share this on radio here. Yeah. <laughs> I remember... The night that I left, I got my check and I left home and I went to the dope house and I smoked all night, a whole, my whole check. And the next morning when I was leaving, I was leaving on the dope man, $80. And it was raining, it was pouring down raining and I was walking home and I became a Jacob and me and God, we wrestled. We wrestled from Bell Street all the way to Florida Avenue. And when I got there, I got here, and God kept telling me, go ahead, go talk to him, go talk to him. And I'm like, no, I'm not fit to talk to him. I'm not fit to talk to him. So God said, well, okay, then you don't have to talk to him. And no sooner he said that, Brother Ken walked around the corner. Amos helped me take these boxes upstairs. And I did. As soon as I walked through the threshold, my mouth just went to running. Brother Ken, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. And you said, well, come on to my office. So we went to the office. And you was like, I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't know how to do this. And I just kept babbling on and on and on. And finally you were like, what's wrong? And I told you, I said, well, I smoked up my rent money last night. And I started crying. And you didn't hesitate. You got up. You came and sat on the side of me. You kissed me on my forehead. <laughs> and you told me, you said, don't worry about it. I'm going to walk through this with you. And that's what you did. Not to say that everything was perfect after that, you know, but I know where my health come from and I know where my strength come from. You baptized me and you started teaching me. But the way you were teaching me was by showing me. First of all, you got to have patience. You got to wait on the Lord. Second of all, you got to learn how to deny yourself. Put others first. Think about other people's. First, the homeless, I never could deal with them. I never didn't like to be around them. I used to run them away from me when I was living in St. Pete. But then after I started working here, and I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. 
I started looking at them differently, you know, because you never know why a person is homeless. You don't know what the reason is why they're homeless. And when I started getting to know everybody, I mean, I, I grow to love everybody. Now I understand why Jesus told his disciples, say, come follow me, I'll make you a fisherman of men. And that's what he did for me. Yeah. You know, it's not that I'm perfect, but he do know that I will fall, that any of us will fall if we subject to the flesh. And, but the thing is, just get up and keep pressing on. And how I came to know Jesus was through love and action. Now, at first, I knew of him, but now I know him. I know what he represents. I know what he stands for. I mean, I tell people sometimes, if y'all only knew just how powerful that God really was, you wouldn't do the things that Satan wants you to do. And if you understand that God the one created Satan, so why would I want to follow the lieutenant when I can follow the boss? Mm-hmm. You know, the boss is the one that's paying me. Yeah. After I came to know Christ, wow, my confidence went up after I learned things was being patient, how to give things to God and let God keep that. That's where my faith come in. I can give it to God say, well, Lord, I need to pay my rent this week. I don't have the money. How am I going to get it? But I trust in you. And whether it's Ken or whether I, somebody came along and said, well, hey, I got a job over here I need to be doing. It's paying such and such, such and such. You know, that was God's way of showing me, hey, I'm opening doors for you. So take these opportunities. So that's what I do. And I try not to get ahead of myself because I know that when Christ is down with me, he's down for me. And he's amazing. He don't show me he's a provider. He don't show me he's a healer because I need two knee surgeries right now, and I'm still walking. They don't know how I'm walking. It hurts, but I'm still walking by the grace of God. You know, uh, God tells us in Matthew chapter 6 that we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness right. and these things we have need of. You know, and he was talking before that about the birds of the air and how God provides for them. And right. He closed the, the fields with, you know, with, with the lilies. beautiful lilies and beautiful flowers. So if we seek first him before everything else, then these things we have need of, he's going to take care of. And, you know, you, you've been experiencing that. Christ's provision in your life. And then going back to when, back in the beginning when you were first started to come to Love and Action and what I told Dan that day, that, that, man, we can reach him. Because God showed me something. He showed me that you had a hunger in your heart for the truth, for God. And, and if we would just feed that hunger with the Word of God, that you, you would consume it. And, you know, we, we talk about scattering seeds and, right. and the parable there, and, and, and that was good soil that that seed was falling upon. And Lord, Lord showed me that. And I, I said, man, we can reach him. We, we just got to, you know, we got to be patient. We got to work with them, and we can reach him because, you know, God done showed me that. And his word's true because, <laughs> you know, we, we've seen the, the change. We've seen the growth. And man, it's just it's just awesome uh, what what God is doing 
in you, but also through you. Because, you know, the, the important thing, and we talk about it often, is we've got to tell others about Christ, right? And we've got to make disciples. Cause that's the Great Commission. And when we make disciples, then they can go out and reach people. And, you know, you can reach people I can't reach. Right. You know, Martha can reach people that we can't reach. So, you know, we all have people to reach, but we've got to, we got to put that Great Commission to work, to work in our lives, and we, we just need to make it a lifestyle and live it. And, and so you're seeing that uh, taking place in your own life. And so you're really, you're really seeing the Word come Manifest, alive. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, I try to tell people when I'm counseling, when I'm downstairs counseling, I try to enlighten them. You know, Jesus taught to his disciples through parables, and that's how I try to talk to mine through parables. You know, I tell them, like, my favorite one would be the one that you feed the most is the one that's going to be dominated in your life. And and I give them a description of a pit bull or a wild, wild in the backyard, maybe it's a wild, wild in the front yard. The reason I put that pit bull in that backyard is because that's where we store all our valuables at. That's where we store all our valuables. You ain't gonna put nothing in the front yard because it's on Front Street. People can see it. Right. So you put that Chihuahua out there. Now that Chihuahua was gonna let you know <laughs> anybody that get within ten feet of that yard. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, but the pit, he gonna lay there. He just gonna wait for you to come in there. Now anything that that Chihuahua can't handle, that pit gonna take care of it. And so, and I try to give them a demonstration that's like our flesh would be our chihuahua. But our inner man, remember Jesus said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So that inner man is going to be that rock water. But if you take that rock water and stop feeding him, he's going to get weak. He's going to get so weak he going became a non-existent. So now the chihuahua, he can come back there and do whatever he want to do. You can slap the pit, walk around, eat his food, do whatever, because the pit can't do nothing. So we, and that's our inner spirit. See, when we're not feeding our inner spirit, our flesh gets stronger. So now the flesh of them came so strong that it's walking over our inner spirit. So now when Satan sends whatever he sends to us, we can't handle it. We can't deal with it. We have to remember what Ephesians said. We don't rise against flesh and blood, spiritual principality. Right. So now, stop. Feeding the flesh. Start by feeding the inner man. How we do that? We read the word of God. Amen. And when you read the word of God, not only is you strengthening your inner man, but you're also developing that relationship with him. You know, and that's what we need. We need that relationship. Yeah. Because I'm going to be, I don't care how say we are, how much we love Christ. If we don't have that relationship, we're not getting into the kingdom. Right. That's what he wants with us, isn't he? He wants that relationship, that relationship. With, with, with this personal relationship with you us. Know, and so, I mean, since I've been, it's been a true blessing since I've been here at Love and Aisha. And I done been the particle son. I done been Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I done been, I done been all of it. But if people understood, we're all going to be a Jacob. We're all going to be the prodigal son. We're all going to be Samson and Delilah or Moses 
Well, we going somewhere or another in our life in a situation, we're going to be one of those characters. You know, and I try to get them, how I try to get them to read their word is, I let them know, listen, well, I don't understand the New Testament. I say, I'm going to show you something. The, oh, it's two testaments, the old and the new. The Old Testament shows you the love that they have for God, shows you how they walk with God. Abraham, look what Abraham did. God told Abraham to sacrifice Lot. So Isaac. Isaac, yeah. he went to. He went to do that, but then the angel came and stopped him. So he seen how his faith was with God. See, so that's where our blessings come from. You know, and I tell him, I say, now if you go in the New Testament, I say, Jesus teaches you how to develop that relationship with Christ like they had in the Old Testament. I mean, I don't have some great praise report that come by me that really touched me deeply, and they let me know that, Mr. Amos, if it wasn't for you, I don't know how to got through that prayer that you prayed for me. Oh, man. Like you say, the word never come by board. Yeah. And when it comes by, you feel it, and you feel the love of God. And, I mean, if I had to do it all over again, I think this time I ought to sit down and listen to my brother. He <laughs> got it right. <laughs> well, if we can all go back and do that. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, the key, the, the main thing is, is is when we do finally listen, right? And, and you know, I was, I've been at that point, you know, when, when I was younger. Didn't want to listen and want to listen. And then finally, okay, I listened. And like, man, I wish I'd done that a long time ago. <laughs> but uh, but that, that's just Christ working at us. Right. And, and so, you know, Martha and I have, have had the joy of seeing God work. And in, in our brother's life, haven't we? Yes, it's in a, a tremendous change from, like you said, that day one, yeah. McDonald's job, you know, and then from that point on, we've seen a, a tremendous growth in you. And, oh, now I'm crying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we're just proud of you, Amos. And Thank you. Just, just keep that up. Keep it up going. And, and I see you teaching others out there. And I'm proud of that. But most of all, our Heavenly Father is proud of that. Thank you. That's what he wants us to do. And we're extremely proud of you. And we love you very much, Amos. And it all started with a pair of boots. Yep. A pair of boots. Yeah, I remember. Size that. fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that look you gave me when I said, "All right, well, we're gonna get you some boots. We're gonna bring it to you." You were kind of like, "Yeah, right." Yeah, I was. I was. Because see, I didn't know y'all then. That right. was my first time coming down right. here. Cause I had just moved to Dothan, fresh out of prison, got off, the, got out of prison, got on the bus, and come straight to Dothan. Yeah. Know the Bible said, "Let's go to Dothan." Right. <laughs> and now I see why. Yeah. Because, I mean, since I've been here, wow. You know, God been working in my life since I've been here. But I didn't start seeing it until love and action opened my eyes, you know, to the world. I used to always tell people, man, when I go to Christ, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. That's what I always used to tell my yeah. brother. Man, I want to be ready. That way when I go to God, he ain't got to worry about nothing for me. But my brother bust my brother, and he told me, say, bro, you ain't going to never be ready. That's right. <laughs> he said, do you know why Jesus came? He said he came for the sinners. He didn't come for the righteous. If he was, if we was to wait for everybody to get ready, guess what? There wouldn't be nobody going. No. So, you know, I just I had to buck it out. Yeah. And then when I got here, you know, just when I first walked through the doors, the first thing you told me was, we're big on spreading the word of God. Mm -hmm. 
And the first thing you shared with me was Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the Great Commission. And you told me, you said, Amos, I want you to memorize this scripture. And I did. And after I memorized that scripture, the first task you gave me was counseling a Muslim. Hussein. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that look you gave me. I'm like, huh? (laughs) And I did. You know, and later on, when we was both in the mission together, I heard him say, thank you, Jesus. And I looked. I said, what you just said? (laughs) I said, thank you, Jesus. And that brought tears to my eyes because that let me know that I got through to him. And right now today, we the best of friends. And, you know, but my thing today is to put others before me. You know, I understand. I didn't know what my purpose was back then, but I know what my purpose is now. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And he showed us that by washing of his disciples' feet. So that lets me know if he can do it, why I can't do it. Exactly. So I started putting people first because, like I said, you never know who you may meet out there. That's right. You never know. And that's what what I try to do. Man, uh, uh, Amos is just, uh, man, again, it's awesome what God's doing in you and through you. And if God can do it for Amos, then he can do it for me. The Word of God tells us that nobody comes to the Father except through Jesus, through right? Jesus. And God's going to call you. And so uh, those who are listening, and you heard Amos' story, and you start feeling some peace coming over because and some joy because you heard, heard this, this wonderful testimony, then that's the peace of Jesus, and that's the joy of Jesus. And he wants to just flood you with his love, with peace, and with joy, and salvation is, is available today you just call on the name of Jesus yes the word of God tells us in Romans chapter 10 verse 13 and a few verses before that it says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart oh. that God raised him from the dead you shall be saved so I want to encourage you to do that today and then just take that step like Amos did it just, it just takes that step of saying all right I'm gonna I'm gonna live for Jesus and it doesn't mean it's, it's going to be perfection from here on out, right, man? Oh, it doesn't. No. Uh, people what? think that because they accept mm-hmm. Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior that everything is peaches and cream. It's not. It's not. It don't mean that you got somebody to go through your struggles That's with right. you, somebody you can lean on, yeah. somebody you can talk to, you know. Yeah. I mean. Well, I was saved in 89, 1989, and y'all know I ain't been perfect since 1989. <laughs> but we want to strive for that. And Paul talks about that. But we want to, you know, go through as a sanctification process of knowing that we need Jesus to guide us, to lead us, save us. And he's going to guide us and lead us. And the Holy Spirit is going to bring that conviction in our lives where we got to get things right, right, where there's disobedience. That's what sin is, is disobedience to God. And so the Holy Spirit is going to show us that. And then we're going to 1 John 1, 9, right? Confess our sins to God. He's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And so that's that's a process. And the more we live for him, the more we see him working in our lives, 
And the less we struggle with, with this flesh, the flesh is going to keep rising up. Like I said, we don't, we don't feed our spirit, man. Flesh is going to rise up. So we got to be in the word daily. Got to be part of a fellowship that's discipling people. And we got to be in the word. Got to be praying and living for them. And then, man, when you step out and start serving people, things, things really change. So I just want to encourage all of you out there, do that. And, to, and, and I know this testimony has blessed you today. And uh, we're, we're going to uh, end, end it right now with a prayer. And I'm going to ask Martha if you would pray for us. Lord, we just love you. Praise you and just thank you for, Lord, for your great grace and your mercy and great love for us. And Lord, I ask if there's anyone out there listening, Lord, that don't know, you don't know this God that we've been talking about, this God of love and grace and mercy and patience. Lord, I ask that just time, Holy Spirit, sir, just draw them. Draw them to you today, Father. And all they have to do is, like, like he said, just um, confess your sins and, and ask for forgiveness. And, uh, you know, he will forgive. And he will come in and make you anew. So I just thank you, Lord, for that for your grace and your mercy, and that will, you will make us anew, Lord. All we have to do is ask. Just thank you for that, Lord. We just love you and praise you, and thank you for this time today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, brother, thank you for joining us today. Good to be here. All right, man, and uh, thank you all for joining us, and I hope you all have a great evening, and just as you go through the rest of this week, just remember Jesus loves you. And I pray, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.